0: Friends, we're continuing spooky season with international scary tales. And there's nothing I love more than diving into other cultures to learn about food, tradition, and now scary tales. Have you ever heard of La Llorona?
1: I have not.
0: How about Baba Yaga? Uh, no, I haven't. Well, I have heard <laughs> of the Chupacabra. The Chupacabra, yes. And then there's one from Hawaii called I think I have heard of that one, but it was
1: probably like on one of those TV specials where they traveled to Hawaii.
0: Well, these are all going to be fascinating, scary tales from around the globe, and we hope you're ready for some goosebumps.
1: Before we get started, don't forget to hit that follow button on your favorite podcast app and leave us a five-star review. You can also connect with us on all social media at 2Monica's Podcast, and that's with the number
0: two. Thanks, Vaughn. Now on with the show. Well, I wanted to start out with one from Russia, in part because Paul is Russian. But the other part is that one of our favorite movie franchises of all time is John Wick. And John Wick is referred to as Baba Yaga. So this whole time, you know, for years now, since the first John Wick, I thought Baba Yaga was like some sort of creepy monster. Yes, okay, that's true. I also thought it was a male figure because the Russian mobster calls John Wick Baba Yaga.
1: Right, and John Wick is a male, so that kind of makes sense. Is it not
0: a male? No, it's a woman. What? Oh my goodness. I know,
1: I know. I wonder if that is meant to be extra insulting
0: then to John Wick. No. He was called Baba Yaga because he's like this boogeyman.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. It's supposed to be scary bad. That would be like calling 007 a banshee.
0: That is kind of a little odd. Yeah. Um, So I had to go to history.com. And this is what history.com says, no one knows for sure when or where her story, her story originated. However, it appears that she has been a part of oral tradition in Northeastern Europe and Russia for millennia. Ooh, even spookier. Right? So what is this legend? Now I had to dig deeper because obviously John Wick is not Baba Yaga. So what is it and what does it mean? The first written reference to her was in 1755. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce this author's name because I will butcher it. He wrote it in Russian grammar. And Baba Mm -hmm. has been translated to old woman, hag, or grandmother, depending on which Slavic language is referenced. So she's an old
1: lady, like
0: one of the old witches, kind of. Is she like a witch? What is she like? (laughs) Here's where it gets really funny. Let's, Let's go to the next word, though, in her name, yega, or Iaga, and it has no definitive scholarly consensus. The word means horror or shudder in Serbian and Croatian, anger in Slovenian, and witch in Old Czech, and witch and fury in Polish or serpent or snake in Sanskrit. (laughs) So we've got a lot of possibilities with this story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like that you could be all of those things at once, though, to be honest. Yes.
0: I do think it's interesting how the different languages translate it slightly differently, but any way you put it together, you've got old lady and horror.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an old lady who might eat you.
0: That's what I feel like, am I right? That's where this part gets a little bit ridiculous. And honestly, I laughed. I'm not even sure how anyone could find this scary. Most of the stories tell us that she rides around in the forest in a giant mortar. You know what a mortar is, right? Well. I think you need to elaborate. Okay, so a mortar is something used for cooking, and it's usually Okay, I was thinking of a mortar shell. no, no. no. I was like, I
1: don't feel like this is... She could have done that.
0: Nope, (laughs) she rides around in a mortar, and she uses a pestle to grind up the bones of the people she eats. So a mortar and pestle is used to grind things up, whether it's seasonings spices pills but when she's flying she holds the pestle in her right hand and a broom in her left and as we know from the witches episode witches use brooms i wonder if she
1: used it for the same reason
0: (laughs) yes maybe maybe not (laughs) maybe not the pestle also works as a rudder and she uses that to steer the mortar as she flies around so it's like she's flying in a little Boat made of really she heavy material.
1: Very not scary to me. But however, I don't know. I think as a little kid, I would have probably been scared of anything. I mean, I was scared that Jaws, the shark, could be in my waterbed. So I think scared that kids can get scared of stuff, but how can adults
0: be scared of this? Yeah, no, this is so not scary. It's kind of like oh. watching The Exorcist now and Ew. you're like, wait, this. No, none of this makes Monica, any sense. Monica, what? But... I
1: just came upon what would be frightening. And what is that? And disgusting. She has the ability to remove her hands from her body so she can have them do her bidding. Oh,
2: there's yeah, no, that's like definitely engaged
1: moving body parts like on the adams family that creepy hand i always hated that and my cousin and i when we were little we had this old kindle from the 70s and his one hand attached and we'd always <laughs> have it chase the barbies <laughs> around <laughs> but but it's was- yeah it's because uh disembodied hands are creepy i would have been scared of her for this Not that she would eat my bones, but that her little creepy old lady hands would be touching you in the middle of the night. Right.
0: So, you know, if you're in the forest and she finds you, she will probably eat you, crush up your bones, but then she will also use her broom to wipe away all of her trails so that no one can find her. Oh, so she doesn't use it like the witches, I see. No, but she definitely has not only a pestle, but also a broom, which means she's like witchy. She's a witchy woman. Insert eagle song. (laughs) I love that song. All right, Monica, we are going to move to Japan because, wow, this visual is so intense. This would be terrifying. It's Yamamba and it's Japan's mountain witch. Ooh, it says that she consumes human flesh,
1: which just sounds worse than the Baba Yaga who ground up your bones. Like this lady is
0: like eating you. Well, but Baba Yaga grinds up your bones after she eats you. I know, but it's just the word flesh is (laughs) right to me. I mean, this visual, when I found this picture, friends, you need to go onto our website and look at the show notes because a picture is worth 10,000 words in this instance. It's one of the oldest ploys in true crime. She invites people in and she says, don't look behind that door. So who listens to those directions? Just wives of serial killers. (laughs) Right, right.
1: (laughs) That's it. No one else. You would have to open it because it's just curiosity. It's
0: human nature. Human nature. So Yamaba keep... does just this she invites men in to her home, and then she says, Oh, I'm going to go gather wood. And don't look behind that door. And when they do exactly what she told them not to do, she kills them and eats them. So I think this is a lesson in listening to your elders, <laughs> right? How about just don't go into an old woman's home? Like have yeah, we learned mean, nothing
1: from counsel and Gretel? I right? mean, I guess maybe this they hadn't
0: gotten the news in Japan yet about old ladies eating you. I mean, super super old culture. So I had to dig in a little bit more to find out why she's the mountain witch, and it comes from a word called yokai. The definition of yokai they are strange supernatural creatures and phenomena from japanese folklore the word is a combination of the characters and you'll have to go to our website to look at the characters but it means attractive bewitching calamity and mystery wonder so she's she's a witch
1: i like how this says she combines fear of women so apparently there's a thing in the old Japanese culture to be scared of women in general. I mean, everyone should be afraid of women. Yeah, that's very interesting. And then the fear of the extraordinary. Yes. So So I guess my understanding of what she is is she's like an old lady who's like a hermit who lives by herself in the mountains. Not the woods that we're used to. And I bet if you came upon her, yeah, you might want to go in for a little comfort because it's cold out.
0: and then
1: she kills you.
0: But she looks absolutely terrifying, so why you would go into anyone's house who looks like that, I don't know.
1: Well, I think in the beginning of it, it says that she looks like a harmless old woman when she invites you in, but when she
0: kills you, she turns into this gross demon thing. She's just one of the yokai from Japanese folklore, and I think that's fascinating.
1: Oh yeah, I am sure they have some really, really good ones that we could just dig deeper and deeper and deeper. I think that, to be honest, every single one of these cultures that we are doing a brief survey of has many, many more
0: than you've pulled out, but oh, we want to sure. give you a nice flavor, right? A little bit from everywhere. And this is another mouthful to pronounce because I don't speak the language. Huafgapipehuafgapipe, and the Hawaiians pronounce all of their vowels. Like there are no silent vowels like in English. My dad taught me that a long time ago.
1: It's like the opposite of like Polish, where it's just twenty-seven consonants
0: and <laughs> you don't really say any of them. Oh my god, that's so funny. So we have Hawaii. And it's one of my favorite places on earth. So I pulled out Huacaipo. And Ipo is known as the Night Marchers. And they are death dealing ghosts. I mean, right? Sometimes
1: ghosts are just mischievous, but these are death dealers.
0: Whew. So folklore describes them as a group of spirits traveling with ancient Hawaiian gods or goddesses in their midst and they march down the mountainside after sunset. So, they're in a processional, right? And it's accompanied by the sounds of the conch shell and rhythmic drumming as well as chanting. I'm not
1: going to lie, it sounds kind of cool and someone should make a movie so we can see it. It Yes. I mean,
0: I don't want to come across them by myself, but it sounds really cool. Well, and here's a cool tidbit just about Hawaiian culture. It was only a spoken language until first Western contact. And the first written account of the night marchers wasn't until 1883.
1: Oh, wow. So they didn't write anything down really no. until Western
0: influence. Interesting. Right. Interesting. And, you know, so a lot, a lot of cultures before written language, it was just stories passed down uh-huh. right? and you had yeah. to keep telling the stories
1: so they were gold soldiers but I wonder if they had and then you talk about that killing people so I wonder just kind of maybe they have to kill people because they were soldiers and it's just ingrained in who they were I don't
0: know so do we well know let's get sense? let's get into a little more of it okay so the legend tells us that any unfortunate mortal who who hears the warning sounds of a nearby procession should run and hide or lie down on the ground to let them pass by because you cannot make eye contact ever. Ooh, ooh, so like Medusa. Yes, you have to go run and hide. You can never make eye contact and you will face severe and ultimate consequence of death. Oh,
1: I was going to say it reminded me of having a crush on an older boy when I was in high school, but no, there was no death involved. There was just not making eye contact and (laughs) running away. Right.
0: So the ancient spirits are thought to be most active during the new moon and near sacred sites um, and caves once reserved for the Ali'i. On Oahu, there are numerous reports of night marchers in Ka'awa Valley and Yokohama Bay and among other locations. So whether you believe these legends or write them off as local superstition, you should consider yourself warned. Friends, we have a guest appearance today by Suleyma Fernandez Han, and she was a Spotlight episode not that long ago, and now she's here to help me explain the international scary story of La Llorona, the weeping woman.
1: Well, I'm really excited that we have somebody who can share a little bit more about
0: this story with us today. Me too! I love having guests on our show. Of all of the tales that we've told in this episode, I think she's really the creepiest.
2: She is. And you know what's so funny is that not only is it just like in Mexico, you find there's so many different versions of it in like all Latin America. And you know, the story changes in, in some way or another, but everybody has their version of La Llorona. And even in the in the States, like they all have a different version, so it is very scary. And till this day, people claim their sightings. How many people say, oh, my mom or my grandma or my aunt saw her, or, heard her, and it's that urban legend that- It is. Especially in Latin America, people are so superstitious. Yes. And I feel like it's more prevalent where it's in the culture, it's ingrained, and they talk about like, I've heard about the witches who like suck the kids' bloods out. The little like trolls, like little people, kind of like I think in Ireland they have something similar, like a leprechaun. Okay, to, like, and they steal kids. And people have claimed I'm nobody in my immediate family, but I've heard of stories where people <laughs> have, that they would steal little kids, like they they take the little it's kids. Like and Hansel and Gretel. Just, yeah. you know, just yeah. like, come into my house, yeah. little children. Probably they're from another dimension and they kind of creep over it. You know, in areas where there's a lot of country or whatever, they tell the kids, don't go out, you know, wandering by yourself because a little troll person will get you. The reason behind these stories though. There has to be there's always something right? behind it. Why like
0: do you think maybe it's someone who is maybe misunderstood?
2: It could be, yeah, absolutely. Or also too trying to, you know, make sure that kids don't do what they're supposed to do and they tell them these stories. So because yeah. there is this one like, story Like don't go into the water. You're not yeah, allowed into go the water to, exactly. without your mom. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. There's this one story that I was told as a kid, and then I end up hearing it from other people. You know, and an aunt of mine had told me the story about how, like, she had gotten to this party. She was not supposed to go to this party. She went to the party um, without her parents' permission, like, snuck out, went out. And then this dashing, handsome guy approached her. He was so beautiful and asked her to dance. And she, you know, said, you know, okay, of course. And then that the, all the lights turned off, and then you know when the lights turn back she had all these scratches in the back and supposedly it was like the devil that appeared you know? <gasps> yes. there's different oh versions of ta- that we talked about that i think last year it's, yes. it's an international folktale. okay yeah but you've heard of it right yeah so, here's other ones other versions that the girl disappeared and like you know she was never seen again so that was my that was my aunt's version but it's always like the girl goes, this really dashing guy, and he turns into the devil. And yes, to instill that fear. So, you don't oh do oh my gosh, to do? Fear, <laughs> <laughs> fear <laughs> is
0: such a powerful motivator. It but is. let's get into La Llorona and what you know about it. And then what I did a little bit of research on, because I, I'm ashamed to say that I didn't really know that much about it. Um, the image that came to mind for me was from. I want to say a Showtime show Penny Dreadful which I love. Oh, Penny Dreadful.
2: Yeah. yeah it didn't is. it? It was like I st- I saw the first episode. My sister was watching it and it was about La Llorona,
0: right? Both seasons are super fantastic, but that's what made me think of La Llorona for this episode is because the way that they styled her there's the good and the evil la llorona she basically like goes out into the fields and she kills people but that's not really what happens okay so tell me what you know from your upbringing about la llorona and then we'll go into the research i did
2: yeah definitely what i heard was the story was about an indigenous woman you know who fell in love with an ascendado who was spanish they fell in love supposedly the love was mutual And they fell in love, but because they were of different um, classes, Mm -hmm. they were able to go public with their their love for one another. Okay. So he basically, what he did was he put a home for her, like out in the countryside, and they had children. And the story goes that the parents were super against him being with her because obviously she was poor, she was indigenous. And they knew that he had the children, but they're like, you're going to inherit the fortune from the family, so Mm -hmm. you have to basically you know, marry into a good family. So he was forced into a marriage to a woman of society and basically abandoned her. He was supposed to come back to her and he never came back. And then word ended up getting to her somehow that he was going to get married. And she was so grief-stricken by the betrayal, Mm -hmm. especially after having the children, that she took her kids and drowned them. And then the day of the wedding, she actually showed up at the at the steps of the church carrying her dead children. And she oh was obviously, you know, in shock. I don't know what happened to her or what, but the story goes that basically um she died. She's paying her debt by basically walking the earthly mourning her children, like longing for her kids. So that's why mm-hmm. she says, i mis hijos. I mis hijos, she's calling for her children that she basically sacrificed. Yeah, her lover her, her partner yeah her part yeah yeah he her you know right and, um, oh my god and left her you know with these children that she drowned and you know and then of course she presents the children to him as they're you know as he's coming out of the church and he's like in, in shock that you know it's like he she murdered my children i
0: mean and then,
2: you, you know, know and what they th- say about a woman scorned exactly and we've seen it even in like I mean, how many stories are on the news about, you know, women who do that, you know? And uh, I mean, obviously there's other reasons, you know, right? You know, dramatic stress or whatever. But it right. is common that you do see, I think, not so long ago, I saw something on the news kind of similar where she smothered her kids, you know, it's, it's tragic. But that's the story. And the story is like, I mean, the first stories I think were around, you hear them from like from the 1500s. Like that
0: was like, well, yeah. So that's what I found is that yeah. this story can be traced back four centuries. Yeah. Even though the origin is unknown.
2: And like I said, every state says claims it happened in their state. <laughs> right. And there's always some difference. Like I've heard that she like, she stabbed her children to death, you know, and then she killed herself in front of him, you know? So there's so many different versions. That's the version right. that I heard, was that she had drowned them and then she actually presented it to him the day of his wedding, like in front of the church. Okay, so let me ask you this.
0: Why would that be scary? Other than the fact that it's very morbid and tragic.
2: Well, supposedly the thing that's scary about it is that people say they see her like mourning in the streets Okay, and that, you know, and they're like, to be careful because she'll take your soul. She's looking for her children. That's where the fear comes in, where they're like, okay, she's looking for her kids, so she might take you with them. Well, so that falls in line with what I
0: researched, because it says that she wanders the riverbanks because she drowned them, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she would wander the riverbanks, and she's crying. But if mm-hmm. you're a small child, she will lure you to her because she's it, trying to replace her children. Exactly. But then she kills you.
2: She, yeah. Children are drowned or whatever. Yes. Yeah.
0: So I yeah. think that's so that's so creepy, so terrifying. Uh, as a child, I would not have wanted to go anywhere near water.
2: And it's funny because, I mean, I've seen videos where people claim that, oh, I filmed her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she's in a white gown, like a wedding dress. Yes. So there's another version that I've heard that she actually was going to marry him. And he basically left her at the altar. The The version that I read
0: just in doing some research... Um, was that they were married and he cheated on her, and she saw him in a carriage with another woman while mm-hmm. she was walking along the river with her children, and she became so enraged that she killed her children.
2: Mm-hmm. I've heard that version too. Yeah, so it's amazing I'm, how many twists there are just to one yeah. one story. So many different versions, and the one that I told you was the one that I heard of that the, I was told since I was a child. I mean, okay, she drowned her kids, and then like. There's so many different versions. I mean, versions. I think I like your and, uh, version the best. So dramatic, like the Tevin albella. That's you know, right. You know? <laughs> I think just, it might be right in the culture. They just really, <laughs> you know, uh, like everything Latin. There's a lot dramatic, of heat. More, yes, right? It's a lot more elaborate, more yeah. just. You know, yeah, they decorate the story and make it a lot more than it is. But oh my yeah, I mean, I don't know where or when. I mean, they say it happened in Mexico City during the colonial period. hmm. No, but like I said, every single state says, "Oh no, this happened here." Really, there's no hard evidence to really, you know, sustain what state it really happened. Right. But supposedly it did happen, so I don't know.
0: Well, I love that we've been able to have this conversation. I really appreciate your personal perspective, and I'm so happy you made time to sit with me again. Oh, it's my
2: pleasure. I love history and just like the little,
0: the whole little fact. I love all the stuff, everything that you know. I mean, I have to oh, go on okay. to Google and you're just like naming these people that I would never know of. It's uh-huh. awesome. Now, friends, it's back to the other Monica and I to further dig into the lore of El Chupacabra. I didn't realize it's from Puerto Rico.
1: I didn't either because... The chupacabra that I'm familiar with, I'm familiar with because of my obsession with cryptozoology, which is basically animals that either have gone extinct and we think are still around or animals like Bigfoot who people think exist, but there's real, there's no real proof of it. And mm-hmm. all the stories I had read had come from Mexico. Um, so I was really interested
0: to see that you wrote down that this is from Puerto Rico. The research I did said it originated in Puerto Rico. I also thought it was a Mexican uh, scary story. And from what I read, the chupacabra sounds a lot like a vampire and just preys on animals, sucking their blood. Yeah, so why would you be
1: scared of it if it's just eating your animals?
0: Right? Apparently, as recently, I'm going to say recently because I don't want to age myself, as 1995, (laughs) there was a woman in Puerto Rico who reportedly saw one. Ooh, what do they look like? Some say it's a gray scaled lizard looking creature that stands on its hind legs, jumps from place to place, and it stands between four and five feet tall. So it's not incredibly large. Ooh, that jumping part, that sounds creepy. Others say it walks on four legs and has more of a greenish tint to its skin, but most eyewitnesses, and again, we have eyewitnesses now, agree it has fangs spines down its back, and claws with glowing red eyes to add a super creepy feature. Oh.
1: Glowing and- red eyes? Does anything in nature actually have that other than the weird white bunnies? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you mean the albino bunnies or albino um- bunnies?
1: Binuncula. Yes.
0: Well, Sorry. some say they use these glowing red eyes to hypnotize their prey and render them unable to run away or fight back. Doesn't all of this sound like a vampire creature? It
1: absolutely sounds like a vampire. A lot of the vampire myth and lore that we have gone over in the past and that you see in some of the pop culture, especially that
0: hypnotizing part. Well, so El Chupacabra, I mean, yeah, it would be frightening, but in nothing that I read, did it sound like He eats humans, it's just animals. And yeah, he might look super gross and disgusting and that in itself could be terrifying, but I don't know if it's just gonna eat like chickens and bunnies and stuff, I'm okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't be as scared of this one, but also I'm not into running across it in the middle of the woods either. No, I would prefer not.
0: Friends, I couldn't let Suleyma go without asking her to chime in on the
2: chupacabra. So what do you think about El Chupacabra? So you know what's funny? Um, I remember hearing about the Chupacabra. Wasn't it like the early 2000s, late 90s, when people started talking about the sighting? I know Puerto Rico. first I heard about it in like the the islands in Puerto Rico, and they were saying about this like goat sucker that was like, and then somehow it's made its way into Texas. I heard about it (laughs) happening a lot in South Texas along the border. And then, of course, in like a lot of the countrysides of Mexico have reported seeing it. And, you know, and the sightings are different because some it looks almost like a hairless dog and then others like a really creepy But it only goes after animals. So, like, why are you afraid of it? (laughs) Yes, exactly. And then people show, I mean, I've seen pictures where people have shown like, their cows, um, livestock or whatever livestock, you know, drained of blood and yeah. you see the t- punctures and it's just kind of bizarre. So I don't know. I mean, so, I feel Monica, like there's a lot of stuff that's out there that is unexplained and, you know, I don't know. It's and kinda, it should be unexplained. Like, yeah, don't explain it to me. me. No, I would like, no. I'd rather just like not even, you know, see it. Or I
0: don't go out after dark anymore. I mean, that was yeah. for my twenties. Now that I'm in my forties, I'm like,
2: Once the sun sets, I'm I'm, I'm
0: home. It's all good.
2: Absolutely. I totally agree
0: with you. All right. So we have only one more. Wow. This went by fast. Well, friends... We hope you've enjoyed this international scary tale episode. And if you love all things spooky, make sure to follow us so you don't miss any more episodes in this series. If you are ready to binge some more, just hop back to season one starting at episode 34. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at 2monica's podcast with the number two and share this episode with a friend if you enjoyed it. All right, Monica, so we're going to do a little bit from Europe as opposed to Eastern Europe or Asia or, you know, the islands. (laughs) We're going to English Scary Tales and Jenny Greenteeth. Jenny Greenteeth.
1: How have I never heard of something called Jenny Greenteeth? I would
0: definitely want to know more about this. I definitely had to google it after I started doing the research because I'm like that sounds disgusting and why is she scary other than the fact that she has green teeth and everyone knows that the English have terrible teeth. (laughs) Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a northwest English scary tale and she is a vicious and malevolent witch-like creature that haunts unsuspecting victims. And is feared by all who know her. Well,
1: I heard that she pulls children and the elderly into the water to drown them. And the yes. elderly. I mean and she the elderly.
0: Is <laughs> she just so if you're middle aged, you're fine. But if you're a child or old, yeah, you're a fair watch, game. Out. Mm-hmm. watch out. Watch
1: out. I think that the reason she got the green teeth name is because of all of the pond weed in the rivers. And I'm just guessing that it was hanging off of her teeth. And then I think of the Aladdin in the very beginning when that guy is trying to get
0: Aladdin. Well, it's, um, and he goes, and he has gross teeth. You know who she reminds me of from this picture that I'm on? I'm on Mythology Planet. She reminds me of the old hag from Snow White again. But. Oh, Green.
1: yes. Yes. Ew. Yes. Gross. Jenny Green Teeth. That just makes me think she, like, grabs you with her teeth.
0: Well, so it's how can we stay safe sick. from Jenny Green Teeth? Unlike can Baba we? Yaga, you you know, just don't go into her house. Don't be buried yeah. in as a man. Okay. So apparently women were safe from Baba Yaga you can tell that she's nearby if there is duckweed or pondweed on the surface of the body of water because it's believed that she used to hide beneath the weeds.
1: Ew! I'm sorry I just keep thinking about it and then you go there and this haggish green thing with like dripping teeth catches you and you know I just think of these poor elderly people.
0: Apparently, this legend, or scary story, has spread into America, and it's rumored that she haunts the waters of Lake Erie.
1: Ew, yeah. I've also noticed here that there
0: are similar folk
1: figures like her around the world, including the Slavic Rusalka. The funny thing about the Slavic Rusalka, that Mm -hmm. I almost introduced it in the Mermaids episode, because... But I just took her out. But that's kinda of funny that it comes back in even though I even though I tried to make her go away. <laughs> the Kappa in Japanese mythology in Australia's Fun yet.
0: Ooh, we didn't even cover Australia. Maybe next year.
1: Um also Jamaican folklore has a river mother, as they call it. So apparently old ladies being in the river and gobbling you up is You know, one of those things that's permeated,
0: much like the mermaids. You know what I find find interesting about this episode is that the majority of the scary stories involve really creepy old ladies, either living in water or flying around. (laughs)
1: Okay, and I'm going to be honest with you. And while I have a love, a special love for the elderly, when I was a child and most children are scared of older people, especially what you would call, you know, the elderly, when you start really getting up in the 80s and the 90s for some reason. So I get how this could be a source of fear for people, especially children.
0: Totally. Oh, my gosh. So many creepy creepy stories out there in the world and not enough time to go through all of them. Oh no, definitely not. But we've always got next year. That's right. Today's credits are sounds by zapsplat.co Haunted House by Alexander Nakarada from filmmusic.io. Halloween Atmosphere 2018 by Sasha Ende from filmmusic.io. Halloween Theme 1 by Alexander Nakarada from filmmusic.io. An Evil World by Tim Kulig from filmmusic.io.